This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Monday the 4th of March. In your Squiz today, a big regional get-together, Meta medals with Aussie media, the NRL's big show in Vegas, and reading our cats' cues. This is your Squiz today. Siobhan, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is in Melbourne today to launch a three-day ASEAN Australia Special Summit. It'll mark 50 years of the strategic partnership, which he says will ensure our shared prosperity and security. Yeah, so ASEAN stands for Association of Southeast Asian Nations. And this summit, Alice, is going to see leaders from the 10 member states and the Prime Minister of aspiring ASEAN member Timor-Leste and Kiwi PM Christopher Luxon attend. Now, we're not actually an ASEAN member ourselves, but we are an official partner. And the bloc is really important to Australia because it represents 685 million people and about $178 billion in two-way trade. And this is the biggest international meeting Australia has hosted since 2018, which was the first ASEAN-Australia special summit. The other thing it will mark, Siobhan, is the first official visits of the leaders of Malaysia, the Philippines, Cambodia, Laos, Thailand and Vietnam, who have all been elected over the past two years. And there are a few things on the agenda. Yeah, absolutely. So the Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. raised the territorial argument with China in the South China Sea when he was addressing our federal parliament last week, and he's expected to bring that up again in Melbourne. Then there's the ongoing political instability in Myanmar after the military coup in 2021, which has seen the member state face criticism and sanctions. But on a more positive note, Australia wants to help ASEAN nations achieve their renewable energy goals, which would also benefit Aussie businesses. Last week, the Lowy Institute said the summit would be a success if Albanese can, quote, build relationships, articulate a clear narrative and avoid controversy. So that should be pretty easy, Alice. (laughs) (laughs) And while our PM will be focusing on regional diplomacy, there are still some domestic politics to consider. Mm. Labor's Jodie Bellier came out on top in the Dunkley by-election, which was in Victoria's Mornington Peninsula on Saturday. But there was a two-party preferred swing of about 4% to the Liberals. Both of the major parties increased their primary votes, which saw both sides claim it as a good result. We foreshadowed this last week, Siobhan. US officials say a Gaza ceasefire deal is imminent, with Israel more or less accepting an agreement that would see a six-week break in the war. But it's not a done deal just yet. Hamas still has to agree to it. Like everything in this conflict, Alice, it's complicated. But the deal was put together by Qatari, Egyptian and US authorities. And as you say, it would see the fighting stop for an initial period and allow for the release of, quote, vulnerable hostages taken from Israel on 7th of October. 
It would also allow critical aid to get to Palestinian civilians. And on that topic, the US made its first airdrop on Saturday, delivering more than 38,000 meals along Gaza's coastline with help from Jordan's air force. But not everyone was happy about it. Yeah, that's because no water or medical supplies were included in that drop. And aid agencies have criticised the move. The United Nations International Crisis Group director, Richard Gowan, said airdrops are good photo opportunities, but a lousy way to deliver aid. Siobhan, the federal government and Aussie media companies are gearing up for a fight with Facebook and Instagram's owner Meta. That's after the US social media giant announced that it will ditch a deal worth $70 million a year that was inked about three years ago. So, Alice, do you remember when Facebook instigated a news blackout in 2021 after a standoff with the federal government? Yeah, that blackout back in 2021 was crazy, Siobhan. Yeah, so this is the next chapter in that story. So the News Media Bargaining Code is in place to ensure Facebook and Google pay for the news content hosted on their sites. And last time they did deals worth hundreds of millions to the big publishers, but not independent publishers like The Squiz, which is a whole other story we'll have to revisit in the not-too-distant future. So what happened on Friday is that Meta said it won't renew the deal. So what happens next is a big unknown. Late last year, Canada went down a similar road that Australia has, and Meta ended up blocking all news content on Facebook and Instagram. That's something that publishers big and small in Australia want to avoid. Siobhan, the NRL's 2024 season started off with a bang yesterday. The league's doubleheader season opener games kicked off at Allegiant Stadium, which is in Las Vegas. In the first game, the Manly Sea Eagles came out on top. They beat the South Sydney Rabbitohs 36-24. Yeah, and the Sydney Roosters followed that up with a win over the Brisbane Broncos. The score in that one was 20-10. to 10. But things weren't all smooth sailing. A desert storm brought wind gusts of up to 112 kilometres an hour to Vegas before the Games, and that forced officials to open the stadium doors early to fans. And the start of the first game was pushed to a secondary broadcast channel after a US college basketball game ran into overtime. Then, just to top it all off, Alice Hugh Jackman, who's a diehard Manly fan, was forced to cancel his appearance at the last minute. Mm, Just a few teething issues for them to work (laughs) through. But despite all of that, Siobhan, NRL boss Peter Volandis has spruiked the financial benefits of taking the game to the US. He says it could bring in millions of dollars for the league. Siobhan, you and I are both cat ladies, so I think that this one appealed to both of us. And if you're someone who thinks a cat's purring means that they're always feeling content, think again. A French study reckons humans aren't good at reading the signs from our furry friends. Nearly a third of people miss the communication cues from cats that are not feline fine. Oh, very good, Alice. Lovely pun. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So as an example, the study pointed out that pairing can also sometimes indicate your cat is stressed, not happy. But don't despair if you have been misreading things because one human-animal interaction researcher reckons it comes from a good place because people want to see their pets as happy and that our positive emotional state in response to the animals gives us these sort of rose-coloured glasses. 
So, Siobhan, the solution, according to the researchers, is for cat owners to keep an eye on vocal cues like meowing, purring, growling or hissing, as well as visual cues like tail swishing, rubbing around your legs or whether your cat's flattening its ears. If you keep tabs on those things, they say that you'll be able to better understand your cat's mood. And you might also avoid a few scratches in the process. Squiz the day, Siobhan. I'm getting in a little bit early here, but just a shout out for our friends at Future Women. They're hosting an International Women's Day 2024 First Nations breakfast and panel on Friday. Yeah, they certainly are. It's happening here in Sydney and they're offering Squizzes 25% off tickets for the event with the code SQUIZ25OFF. Some of our Squiz colleagues will be there and if you're keen to come along, we'll post a link to that in our show notes. And that wraps us up today. Have a great start to the week and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.